can I just have a wee sip of my water? Hebrews 11, 6. So we are going to talk about faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says, and um, I've highlighted it really dark in my notes, but we know it, don't we? And I think um, Jack's going to throw some scriptures up. Cool. Thank you, Jack. Um, I told Jack my scriptures at about 5 to 10, so he's doing awesome. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I'm just going to pray. Drink and pray. Father God, I just pray today that you would open our eyes to see the wonderful truths in your law. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we acknowledge your presence here. And I just pray that our hearts would be open, that we would hear some, some truths today that would land and go forth and bear fruit. Amen. Our whole Christianity, our whole life in Christianity and following Jesus is hinged on this, and it's faith. I imagine faith is like a seed. So point number one, if you're taking notes, you can write seed. John Malcolm visited us last month, I think it was, and he talked about, you know, and he was like, faith, even if you have faith, as teeny tiny as a mustard seed, teeny weeny weeny little faith, you can say to this mountain, be moved. And, um, and the thing about seeds is that they're meant to be planted. Apart from the ones that you eat, like sesame seeds and pumpkin seeds. But for, for this analogy, we're, we're talking about seeds that need to be planted. Cool? So who plants seeds of faith in you? The Bible has a few scriptures about seeds. You have the parable of the sower and the seed where the farmer is scattering seed, throwing it about willy-nilly. Um, and because in the story, because he's just throwing it, he's just scattering it. In the story, we know that not all of it lands, and not all of it um, land doesn't. All of it doesn't hit the perfect conditions to grow, right? Then there is Paul, who says in First Corinthians three six, that he plants, Apollos waters, and God makes it grow. When a seed is planted in the ground, it's in the dark, it's protected, and it's hidden. And so is your tiny seed of faith. It drops into your heart. You know when a seed of faith is planted in your heart, like when you, anyway, let me stick to my notes. You know a seed of faith is planted in your heart because you feel a lift in your spirit. Or you feel like your spiritual eyes have been opened. Something leaps in your spirit. That's a seed of faith that's planted in your heart. You know, when we see healings take place, like we did at Shout, or a word of knowledge, or someone shares an amazing testimony of God's goodness or breakthrough, there's a tiny seed of faith planted in your heart. Do you recognize it? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, Jordan, Jono, evangelists, teachers, preachers, they're scattering seed all the time, seeds of faith. That's why you need to be in church, because it's getting thrown willy-nilly. As a teenager, 
I had lots of opportunity to receive seeds of faith. I'd always gone to church with my parents and family, and our youth leader was good. He was a good faith seed sower. So at 13 years old, I decided that I was committed to following Jesus. I came across this book about a high-class Muslim woman who discovered Jesus. Her husband was like a, I think he was like the interior minister of the government in Pakistan. So she was quite well to do, I don't know, very well off, had homes in London and um, places around London, France, da-da-da. And the amazing thing about the story was that Jesus revealed himself to her through prophetic dreams and also through the Quran. And the story is so amazing that she got to the point where she felt the presence of God come and go. Um, It was an incredible testimony, and I've since found out that her story and book um, have been used um, quite amazingly to convert Muslims to Christianity. Um, And so, yeah. And anyway, this book opened my eyes, really opened my eyes. How loving and amazing and powerful God is that he would reveal himself to someone. Like, reveal himself. Speak to someone in a country where they just don't talk about Jesus. Jesus is not talk. And finding that book planted a massive seed of faith in my heart. So what do we do with our seeds of faith in our heart? Luke 2.19 is the story of Jesus being born. And the scripture says, But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. She meditated on them and she thought about them. And she only knew part of the story so far, but she received it in faith. Number two, water. A seed can't just sit in the dry soil. It needs water to switch on the next phase. As soon as you water a seed, now something can begin to happen. The hard shell softens, the seed breaks open, and what happens is the roots start to develop and grow. They go down, 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 deep into the earth, strengthening, stabilizing, and grounding for what needs to happen next. You're still underground, but you've got roots. What is water for your faith? What do you water your seed of faith with? I think water is just more. More stories, more testimonies, more Bible, more prayer. I think it's seeking and searching out Jesus to do everything you can to add to your faith. You need to be in church and environments as much as you can where seed is getting scattered. But being in the deep, dark soil and cultivating and adding to and nurturing your faith sounds to me like a bit of a sacrifice. It sounds like a bit of hard work. It sounds a bit lonely, maybe. And what about the weeds that grow up around your seed of faith? One of the things I've decided to do recently, as to me it was a weed, and, um, and a distraction, and it was crowding out my clear space in my head for God to speak to me. And that is um, turn off the radio 
in the car. Um, there's lots of songs we know and love, and um, and actually the DJs just talk rubbish, so much rubbish. Um, and I realised that it was mind-numbing. It was. I was. Ugh. So one day I just turned it off, and I haven't turned it on. And you know, I now think more. I think a lot anyway, but I now think more. Um, I pray more, and I ponder more, because I'm a ponderer anyway. <laughs> um, but it's so cool, because I pray on my way to jobs. I pray for the people that I'm going to. I, I remember that actually I'm not just here to put someone's curtains in. I'm actually here to minister and, and be someone that might help them find Jesus. I pray um, as I think about people as I'm driving to jobs, you know, people from church or whatever, and I see things and I see need all over the city and I pray. When I was about, here's another story. Um, when I was about 15 years old, many of us from our youth group, about 10 to 20 people, um, decided to do something a little bit crazy. And uh, we thought it was fun because we were teenagers. <laughs> and when you're teenagers, crazy is fun. Um, but what we would do is on a Saturday night, we would roll on down to our church and we would sing and we would pray. And we would sing and pray for a long time. And I'm talking hours. And we had this funny expectation that God might just show up in a tangible way. We had been reading and we'd been learning about revivals and we were pretty convinced that God wanted to do something. He wanted to reveal himself in a new way or at least in a way that we hadn't seen before. Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So here we were Saturday night singing and praying, and then one night something amazing happened. And for me, what I experienced was incredible. And it wasn't just one night either. It went on and on. It continued on. So I have felt actual, actual tangible things of God, from God. One of the most memorable things that I felt was like a weight, like a real heaviness that meant that it was really difficult to stand but more about that in a minute. Point number three, above ground. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 9 says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these things, he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. 
And this is the bit that I really want to point out. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Everybody say forgetting. So now, little seed of faith, you are growing so nicely. You are above ground. You've popped your wee head up above. And guess what? You are now exposed and vulnerable. Let me read to you an article from stuff.co.nz dated December the 17th, 2015. Ready? Boysenberries will be wiped from the Christmas menu for most New Zealand homes after a hailstorm ripped through the nation's largest orchard in the Nelson region. The storm that tore across the Mochuaka district, the Waimea Plains and its foothills yesterday was a double whammy for some orchardists who suffered similar crop devastation little more than a year ago. The Met Service has also issued a severe thunderstorm warning for Nelson and says that there might be more damaging hail on the way. Can I, can I be the Met Service today? Can I tell you that the hailstorms are coming? John 10.10 10 says the thief's purpose, the thief is real. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Don't let the enemy steal your seeds of faith or even destroy them. Do you know one of my greatest challenges is that I forget I forget what God has done. I forget what I've seen. I forget the miracles I've witnessed. Or, or I've allowed the enemy to steal them away. My memories away. So back to my story about our late night prayer meetings. What you need to understand <laughs> is, um, and I felt a bit funny sharing this story to be honest, but we're family, eh? Um... You need to understand that this, what, our late night prayer meetings, was about a year before anyone knew anything that was going on in Toronto, Canada. And if you don't know what was going on in Toronto, Canada, there was a move of God that broke out around the world that became known as the Toronto Blessing. And um, people would have weird and wonderful things happen um, that were uncontrollable. And uh, shaking, laughing, rolling around on the floor, all sorts of things. And, um, and what was happening in our prayer meeting was all that and more. And I remember hearing for the first time on the radio, because my, um, my van, I used to have a van. I learned to drive in a column change van. <laughs> and then my dad gave it to me, um, which was awesome. Dad's a good... Um, and my radio only got, um, like, 
what was the 1035 one? What was the Buzzer Bumble station? 2ZB. I could only get, was it 2ZB? And Radio Rima. I, that was like, so it was AM, AM, AM only. So anyway, I remember listening to Radio Rima and hearing about the Toronto blessing for the first time and what was going on and stuff. And I was like, that's not new. <laughs> that's, it didn't start in Toronto. <laughs> and, um, and also what was going on was in our local Christian school that my niece was attending, um, they were having amazing prayer meetings. The kids were, the kids were meeting at lunchtime in school and praying um, and things like gold dust were appearing on their hands and their palms. Crazy. So fast forward to about three years ago when we were at a conference and on the last night of the conference, the speaker called up a young guy and he wanted to pray and prophesy over him. And so this guy kind of walked up. <laughs> I, w I wanted to say he sauntered up, but I actually can't remember. <laughs> anyway, the guy got up, came up. He was asked to lift up his hands and the, the speaker wanted to pray for him. And so he did. And, um, and as he was being prayed for, he kind of like slowly sort of bent over, a, you know, a bit. And, you know, doubling over. And as I observed what was going on down on the stage, um, I felt a little rebuke from God. And it was simply, lest you forget. And I was like, oh man. Lest you forget that I am in the business of touching people tangibly, especially young people like I did for you. Ooh, pretty, pretty harsh. <laughs> Psalm 34.8 says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's an actual experience. So, moving on. As a strong little plant, getting stronger and stronger in your faith, because you're not going to give up, you're not going to be destroyed, and you're not going to be taken out by the enemy. No. We are cultivating faith in our hearts, and we are trusting in Jesus, and we are learning who he is and getting to know his nature. Luke 6.45 says, A good person produces good things from a treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from a treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So what have you got planted in your heart? Because whatever is planted in your heart comes rolling out your mouth. Do you speak faith or do you not speak faith? I catch myself mid-sentence and sometimes it's not faith. And I'm aware. I suddenly think in the moment, wow, in my head, that's not faith. And then the thing is, you know that it's not faith either. 
Recently, I was chatting with Jordan, and I was comparing my faith. I know you're not supposed to compare because you're content until you compare. But anyway, sometimes we do silly things, and we compare. And I was comparing my faith to what I perceive someone else's faith must be. They're in another country, and they're seeing amazing numbers of new Christians and baptisms, etc., and I said to him, it's like, it's like my faith is like, faith is like a continuum and my faith is here and their faith is here. And my lovely husband said, I don't see it like that. <laughs> I see it like this. You are either in faith or you're not. You're either thinking with faith or you're not. Do you know that has seriously changed the way I think? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I think I might be maturing in my Christian walk. <laughs> now I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, long scriptures, but we're doing good for time. Matthew 17, 14 to 20. Jesus heals. This is the story about Jesus healing a demon-possessed boy. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. After the afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I'll tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. And now this is the scary thought. It's possible to be a disciple and it's possible to be a follower of Jesus and not have faith. Matthew fifteen twenty one to 28. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. I know we know the story, but I'm going to read it anyway. It's a very popular story. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. And she replied, I seriously, I can't believe that. Jesus is calling her dogs. Jesus replied, but it's all, it's all good. That's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat 
the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. You know, when you break that down, and I don't really want to spend too much time on that, on this particular passage, but when you break it down, like it's a crazy story. It's so crazy. First of all, he doesn't even answer her. He ignores her. And then he says to her, I only came to the Jews, not to the Gentiles. And then her response was to worship him, to stay in his presence, to stay in the presence of someone who ignores you and to stay in the presence of someone who says, I didn't come for you, I came for, you know, you're actually out of place here. And she worshipped. And I think that's amazing. And I was just like, wow, what would I do? Oh, I'd totally be out of there. Um, and then he says, and then he calls her a dog. He likens her to dogs, you know, the crumbs under the table. And she just she replies, basically, in a nutshell, even, and this is the thought that I get from this, that even the least of Jesus is still a miracle. I think that's awesome. Faith. She has amazing faith. Number four, and my last point, is growing. And you're a strong plant, tree, shrub, something. You're strong. But you're not finished. Who are you scattering your seed to? Who are you scattering your wisdom to? Who are you scattering your knowledge to? Are you generously releasing words of encouragement? Are you intentional or are you withholding? You know, when you're a kid or even an adult and you see a dandelion that's white and ripe for picking and blowing, yes, I still do it, and it looks really, really good and you get the dandelion and you carefully snap it off because you don't want them to just fall because you need to make those fairies fly, right? You with me? And you carefully get your dandelion and you hold it up to your mouth and you give it a great big blow. And then there's still a couple that are just not moving. you think some people are reluctant to give what they've grown in their heart? Maybe that's a challenge. But our responsibility is to spur one another on in faith. As Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Musos, why don't you come? I believe today, 
I know that while I've been speaking, God's been speaking to you. And you know where you're at in your heart. And you know where your faith is at. And I'm going to finish up really quickly and we are going to move on out. But before we do, I think it really requires a response. I really do. And um, so why don't we all just stand up now while, while the musicians start to play. And let's have some time to talk to our Heavenly Father, eh? So why don't you close your eyes and lift your hands and open your hearts. Open hands, as Dougal said earlier, is an open heart. Let's give God some permission to speak to you and work in this room. Why don't you ask God what next? Where am I at, God? What do I need to do now? Let's make some decisions today, hey? To walk out, to walk out of here, let's walk out of here pursuing faith in a new way. You know, for some of you, you're right at the beginning. You're right at the start. You're attracting seeds of faith into your heart and you're learning, learning, learning. And that's really good. Keep treasuring, keep meditating on God's goodness. For some of you, you need water and you need it desperately. You need water and you need to cultivate. You need to read more. You need to read more about faith specifically and spend more time in prayer. You may also need to remove distractions and turn that radio off. And also I really feel that you need to surround yourself with people who speak faith. You know people in your world. I think um, you can probably pick out some people that you need to spend time with because you know there are people that speak faith. Need to hear faith. You, you might even need to distance yourself from some of your friends that don't speak faith. Number three, you may just need to be on your guard, recognizing when the enemy is looking for an opportunity to knock your faith but also strengthening your faith, adding to it those things that I listed before. Do you need to add some goodness to your faith? Do you need to add some knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and love? And do you just need to get a little bit more intentional and willing and generous with what you have? for your words of wisdom today. I thank you, God, that you are doing something in people's hearts today, that that is your job, that is your business, that is what you do, Lord God. And we just thank you for the seeds of faith that are in our hearts, and we pray, God, that you would grow them and cultivate them. God, that you would fan into flame again where our faith has been weakened. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would teach us to dream big and that you would show us what you see for our city. God, I thank you that um, 
that actually you have a good plan for our friends and family. And God, I pray that you'd open our eyes to see what that is. That we would be bold, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I also pray that you'd protect us and cover us with your precious blood. That we would grow strong in our faith and resist the enemy. I pray that we'd be generous with our faith, Lord God. Scattering and scattering to everyone that we meet that we would see crazy numbers of salvations and people being transformed by your presence and your power. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are building your church and we do not labor in vain.